Do you want your business to grow faster? Are you open to new and out-of-the-box ways to drive revenues and increase value? How do you imagine the most successful entrepreneurs and business leaders double, triple, or expand their businesses tenfold or more? The answer is deals. This is a weekly podcast featuring conversations with business owners, executives, and leaders as we reveal behind-the-scenes details that give you, our listeners, the confidence to pursue your own deal-driven growth. On the show, we discuss a huge variety of deals, everything from large complex mergers and acquisitions to smaller deals that you can do even without significant capital. My name is Corey Kupfer, and I've been supporting deal-driven growth for businesses for 35 years as a successful entrepreneur, professional negotiator, and attorney. My goal is to help you strategize, plan for, find, and complete deals that will help your company grow faster. Welcome to the Deal Quest Podcast. Let's get started. Bill Blue is a husband and father, family first. He's a sailboat racer, classic car driver, author, podcaster, multiple business owner, strategic coach, 10X member, and lifetime learner. We have that in common. Bill has created the Retire As You Desire lifestyle that helps you earn back your freedom. Another word, there's so many connections here already. Helps you earn back your freedom so that you can live a purposeful and passionful life. He creates customized investment and retirement plans that you can truly live how you desire. He specifically helps high-level entrepreneurs and grateful people to truly get their money in order. Welcome, Bill, to the Bill Quest Podcast. Oh, Corey, it's an honor to be here. You have a very successful show, and I'm really grateful to be a part of it. Well, listen, uh, I'm excited to have you here. Uh, a lot of just from your bio and from what I've you know um, read about you, a lot of the stuff we talk about, you know, definitely aligns. Um, and you've got a bunch of stuff going on, and I want to hear about all of it and, and, and some of the deal tie-ins. But before we go there, I want to take you back to when you were a little kid growing up, 8, 10, 12 years old, maybe. What did you want to be? Because my guess is talking to people about money and cash flow and retirement planning and you know some of these other things you're doing probably wasn't it back then, but you tell me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I always knew I wanted to be a business owner as a kid. Absolutely. But going back to when I was eight and 10 years old, 12 years old, I wanted to be a baseball player. I was uh -huh. a really great athlete as a kid, and I still am. I still play a lot of sports and very active, but baseball was my sport at the time. So definitely a baseball player. All right. And so where did you grow up and what team did you imagine yourself uh, on? So definitely the Cubbies. I'm a Chicago boy here. And okay. it's, it's interesting. I grew up on the southwest side of the city. Yep. And the Cubs are on the north side. And my sure. brother was a White Sox, White Sox fan, fan on the south side. So yeah. there's something wrong with him. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, definitely the Cubbies. Love it. Love it. Um, and one other question looking back. And what was your first deal of any type? Or the first one you can remember. It could be something small when you were a little kid. Or it could be something you, you, know, you did early in your career. Or just whatever comes to mind. First deal is I was always into baseball cards, basketball cards, football cards. So I was yes. selling them because yes. there was a, a shop close to our house that I would go to. So that was the first time I started hustling, started working and yep. trying to make money as a kid to get other things, to get a nice baseball mitt or the baseball bat, the things like that. And then it progressed into, I saw an arbitrage opportunity. So we would go to the outlet mall and there would be Nike soccer shoes because I played soccer in college and they were like $50 and they would sell for 200 on eBay. So I was yeah. like, okay, there's an opportunity to make some money during college to help pay for my school because I paid for it myself. And um, I, I always like to look for opportunities. And that's a big part of the reason why I got into the investment world. And it's a fun part of life. 
I love it. You know, it's interesting because I'm, I'm older than you. So I didn't grow up in an era where you could flip stuff online. Uh, you know, but people like Gary Vaynerchuk and some others like, oh, that's all they're telling folks, you know, the younger folks, hey, you know, when I get, you know, buy stuff and flip, you know, and, and flip it online. We, we didn't have that outlet, you know, to, to sell as easily when I was that age. So that's, uh, that's great. Um, so, all right. So tell folks a little bit more. You got a few things going on. You know, obviously we gave a high level in your bio, but tell folks a little bit about the, the different the different things you're into and, and how you help people and, and who your clients are. So from a deal perspective, I always look to work with people who are grateful. Yeah, That's first and foremost. If they are not, I don't care what the money outcome is. It doesn't happen. So if you're a wrong fit client, that doesn't happen. And I don't work with people. It's always good to start with what you don't do first, right? Cut the nonsense. And um, from my current business standpoint, when I'm working with high level entrepreneurs or people who really want to get their money in order, because once you get your money in order, that's what allows you to free up your time and your time is your asset. That's what we should be focusing on. So from that standpoint, when we look at our time, if people are willing to destroy their family lives in, in lieu of their business, I will not work with them. Those are not the right fit people for me to be around. Yes. That just drives me crazy because family always comes first. Yes. And all this stems back from my childhood. My parents never knew what to do with money. They could never figure it out. And that's true for the majority of folks. So sure. I'm preaching to the choir here. Sure. But that's why I wanted to become a business owner because when my dad would get laid off from work, I never wanted to have that happen to me. I wanted to be in control of my own destiny, my own fate and provide for my family. So that's why understanding gratitude has been, I, I think, the biggest deal maker for me personally. Love that. Yeah. So it's a good place to pause. It's interesting. I, you know, I, I said from, from when I read your bio that there's so many things that are aligned, you know, gratitude is a big thing for me. I really believe it. And in fact, uh, you know, I t- tend to be a very positive outlook person, but like anybody else from time to time, you know, I might get into a little bit of a funk here or there or, or, or feel some, any kind of contraction or scarcity kind of thing, whatever. And, you know, the, the best thing that I've found that you can do, you know, is, is, is get into a place of gratitude and, and that brings you into a place of, you know, generosity, right. You know, you're grateful mm-hmm. for what you have and you become generous. And it's, it's interesting how, when you, if, if anytime you feel worried or that you don't have enough, that when you are grateful for what you have and then you are generous as to others, it's amazing what happens. We actually, I, I haven't like, this is something that's gone way beyond me. So I don't usually mention it, but uh, there were three of us who um, back, I don't know, it's got to be four or five years ago. Um, we're talking about gratitude. Um, one of my EO friends, um, uh, David, w- wrote some article about gratitude, right? And then I commented on it. And then um, uh, another guy was like, oh, you know, we should do something with this. And I was about to do a 90-day gratitude practice, which I do from time to time, where I just, every night I write down five things I'm grateful for. And uh, we put it on as a Facebook group, right? Bruce Eckfeld uh, created it as a Facebook group. And we invited people to do, you know, 90 days of gratitude and post their gratitudes, that group is still going like five plus years later. I haven't done anything on it in a while because I don't like there are people who've done five years of gratitudes every wow. day, right? It's crazy. Yeah. You know, I tend to like to do things in sort of cycles and then have it, not, you know, then like take a break and then, but, um, but yeah, so that's move way beyond us. There are people occasionally I'll check it. There are people I've, you know, that are 10 people removed who I've never heard of who are doing <laughs> gratitudes on this 90 days of gratitude Facebook group uh, that we three of us put together, you know, like five years ago. It's kind of crazy. Um, so, okay. So grateful people, 
Um, you know, you want you want people to get their money in order. So how do actually you work with them to do that? And then what is that freedom up to be able to do beyond that? Yeah, I'll give you a few examples because I think that stories are a great thing. That's why yes. podcast podcasting is so powerful. So we'll, we'll take my dentist, for example, like incredible human being, very successful, they're family oriented. So what I've been able to do is help her figure out how much it's going to cost for her to retire at 50. Yeah. Because she's not going to stop working. The word retirement stems back to the 1890s. The Germans created it. Most people don't know about that. And when you retire, it means putting a piece of machinery into the junkyard. We need to understand the context. And that's why I created the Retires Who Desire Lifestyle, because you need to have a purpose for your life. So for them, they wanted to buy a beach house. So we figured out how much is that going to cost? What is it going to have to do? What do we have to do every month to make that happen? Or for them, it's every quarter. And you just reverse engineer the numbers. That's yeah. what the retire as you desire lifestyle is all about. So from a deal perspective, what do you need to do to close that? And here's the fun part. And this is what strategic coaches taught me. Just such an incredible program. I've been in there for over eight years now. So I'm helping her figure out how to replace her in her business yeah. to keep that cash flow still going. And that's part of what I do because yeah. I've learned from coach and implement that from a financial advisory standpoint. It's so much fun. So that way she keep her clients like us, keep her patients, go into the office one day a week, keep her business running, find the right who's inside of her business to keep it running and generate cash flow and free up her time. I mean, who doesn't want that? Yeah, totally. And, you know, and it's, and it's interesting for me because, you know, when, when I work with clients, I mean, listen, you know, we work with them in a very different way. But um, the goal of, of any kind of growth in the business or, you know, whether it's through M&A or through, you know, onboarding key employees and doing appointment deals with them, you know, whatever is all towards that same objective, right? Like, how do you create this ideal? You know, many years ago in one of my entrepreneurial organization forums, a group of entrepreneurs I get together with, we had a theme for the year called Ideal Life Now, right? Like, not, we didn't believe in this concept of retirement. We're not going to wait mm-hmm. to do these these things until we retire, right? We're going to work our lives away and then, you know, and then do the things we want to love when we retire, when we're older, sicker, you know, whatever, you know, potentially, or maybe we don't make it to retirement. Who the heck knows? And why, and why, you know, so it was about ideal life now, you know, so it's interesting, you know, it's tough to do deals if you don't have your fundamental, you know, cash and financial situation, you know, straight in the first place, right? Absolutely. Most entrepreneurs talk in percentages. Yep. Like, here's my percentage gain. Here's my percentage loss. Or I had a really terrible quarter or a great quarter. So for those of you listening, talk to entrepreneurs and percentages. That's how you talk to them and understanding their language. And at the end of every single day, most entrepreneurs have no clue where their money's going. The majority of them. It's just like nine to five workers. The majority of them will look at the balance sheet. They'll look at their income statement, but they don't know where the day-to-day money is going. And that's where I come into play and help simplify that to say, okay, maybe we should be automating some things. Maybe we should be putting money to work for you automatically every month. Because on the onset, we figure out how much is it going to cost for you to reach goals. So it's all about that reverse engineering. That's what makes it so much fun. Great. And and that same process could be used. I mean, you know, it's interesting how I love the fact that you work with entrepreneurs because Sometimes there's this artificial distinction between folks who do personal financial planning, right? 
and folks who are more CFO types, let's say, who do cash flow planning for a business, right? Mm-hmm. Well, for an entrepreneur, they're totally tied together. I mean, whether it's they want to buy a house, send their kids to college, or have funding to buy you know, another business, right, to do an acquisition, it's the same process. The business is what's generating that income, whether it's generating it to buy a business for the bill to buy a home for the family, it's the same conversation, right? To be able to have them set up. I mean, it's not, they don't work for IBM and IBM's finances are separate from their personal finances, right? The the business finances are all often the biggest piece by far, you know, of, of yep. the finances of a person or a family, right? Yeah, well, another example of this is one of my clients owns multiple warehouses. So we had a really in-depth conversation before the holidays about what to do with one of them because he's being approached to sell his business. So do you sell the business, keep the property? Do you sell both of them, right? We have to understand the differences from a valuation standpoint and a cash flow standpoint, because what I talked about with this gentleman was, okay, let's say you sell the business, keep the property. What will that net you every month after we figure that out? From a cash flow standpoint, and he decided to sell the business. That's what he's moving forward to do and keeping the property because that's truly where the value was for him. And now sure. he's going to have a cash flowing asset and depreciation because he didn't buy the building that long ago. So it's going to work from a tax perspective too for him. So it's it's really a great situation. Yeah, and I love how that you know that personal cash flow and personal goals informs the business decision, right? You know, on what kind of deal you're going to do, right? Yeah, the numbers tell the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not your emotions. And, and it's amazing how often I've seen that where, um, I mean, I have a number of clients, many clients, some friends or whatever, who, um, you know, got, ended up, the real estate was way more valuable than their business, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I've got a, got a good buddy, we did a deal to sell his business, but he had he had, had his business, uh, his father started it actually on the, uh, um, in what is now the meatpacking district, right right by the High Line, right? When, when, when his father bought the building back then, it was, pennies, right? You know, it was a horrible area. Um, ran their business out of that for years. They moved it to Long Island City, Queens, and then originally converted the, the building to art galleries. And then next thing you know, a developer came along, right? You know, now the meatpacking district was the meatpacking district. The High Line was the High Line, uh, you know, in, in New York. And uh, they got a decent exit on the business, but they got a ridiculous exit on the, you know, on the... Absolutely. On the, you got a couple other things going on as well. And, you know, including something that's that's relatively new by the time we air this podcast, you know, it'll probably be a couple of few months out from launching. Um, you want to tell us uh, about some of this other stuff you have going on? Absolutely. So the first one is called Diane Money. So this is a new program that I'm working on to help truly figure out how to automate what you do from a financial perspective. Mm. And I mentioned automation earlier. So imagine if you had a tool that could think for you. So that you don't have to say, okay, should I pay off my student loans or should I pay off the mortgage, my car note? Should I invest? It's all about your goal orientation. So you have to set your goals first. And I think that always brings you back to the center of your mm-hmm. core because yep. you're different than I am, right? Core, all of your listeners are different from one another. They have yes. different financial goals. So what we're building is an AI tool and a thinking tool to help automate your money for you. And I think it's going to be powerful. It's going to be, I truly believe the future of money. And the other really fun opportunity is specifically for financial advisors is, you know, I created my podcast in um, July of 2021. So last year, 
And I decided to do it in March. So only a couple months, but I had all the recordings done throughout the whole year. So it was just put your head down and work, get it done. But I realized something. It was very valuable for me from a business standpoint perspective. New clients, people coming out of the woodwork saying, hey, I listened to your podcast. I never thought that they would. I'm sure the same has happened to you for your show because it's been so successful. Yes, it is. And um, so two gentlemen and I are doing um, a collaboration deal where we're starting a new company. And what we're going to do is create a three-package series for financial advisors for you to actually share your brand, to do a show about who are you, why should people work with you, and then what does your business do that differentiates yourself from everyone else? We're going to do all the editing, all the promotional stuff for you, and then use this. So when you get introductions or you want to introduce yourself to someone, you can send them a video. They can watch it on their time. It's not intrusive. It's not invasive. And everyone wants to you know, really see videos or listen to items now. That's a big part of our future. So it was just a fun idea that came to my mind. I reached out to the gentleman who had the platform and we're creating a deal from it. Yeah. So let's, let's, so first of all, as, as a lot of, uh, and we have listeners across industries, but a lot of my listeners know, a lot of my listeners are, you know, financial advisors, and they know that that's a big niche of ours and we represent hundreds of them. So certainly, you know, this, this could be of interest to them, which would be great. Um, now let's talk about, so, you know, I always love these kind of collaborations, right? You know, whether, whether it's a, whether it's a business partnership and everybody's going to own a piece of the company or it's a strategic alliance or some sort of joint venture, whatever the structure is, you know, you got different people who are coming together and you said something about they have the platform. So let's talk about that. So why do, I mean, in theory, you could have just, you came up, you're the one who came up with the idea, right? You could have just done it yourself, right? But instead of doing it yourself, you've decided to collaborate in whatever form that's going to take with, with some business quote unquote partners. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, so let's talk about what, um, and and there's, you know, and there's so many people actually entrepreneurs who sometimes are afraid to enter into business partnerships or strategic alliances or adventures, right. You know, there's uh, issues that, so what had you decide to reach out to these two partners? Uh, I use that term loosely. I know it may not be, you know, it could be a lot of strategic alliance, whatever the structure is, but you know, you decided to work with them to do a deal with them. Um, to jointly produce this, this you know, this new um, service and product. Why, why do that as opposed to do it on your own? Number one, I'm only good at two to three things. Let me repeat that. I'm only good at two to three things max. Yeah. Corey, you're the same. All of your listeners are the same. You have to tell yourself the truth. Yes. There's only two to three things that really get me excited and ideas. I'm very high in ideation and futuristic. So thinking like that is why I love planning and helping people and coming up with ideas is a very strong suit of mine. So I was on the podcast with one of the gentlemen, Matt, on his show, and that's how I got introduced to him. And then I literally just sent him a note on LinkedIn and said, hey, let's talk next week. I have an idea for you guys. The reality is I trust them. Mm-hmm. That's why things get messed up as trust. I'm sure you've seen this a million times with your deals. People think inwardly, like I need to do everything. And that's a terrible mindset, terrible, terrible mindset, because you're only good at two to three things. Yes. So when you look at your unique ability and when you're honest with yourself, that's where it's going to attract other people to your life. It's magic. It's truly magic. 
the same thing happened with my other company that I'm working on. But this one is something that's going to be implemented a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. And by the time you know the show is live, it's probably going to be in place already because I know that they have certain capabilities that I don't. I don't want to spend the money. I don't want to spend the time. I don't have the energy. We have another baby coming in the way. We already have one. I don't have time for this, right? I already lost all my hair. I don't need any more stress. <laughs> like, I, I don't need this. So um, <laughs> keep your life simple. So I know I'm a simplifier. I'm not a multiplier by nature. So I could take this idea, simplify it. They could package it. We market this because I love marketing. Yep. And then we help other people because think about it. If you're a financial advisor, what's going to separate you from the, the next person down the street? If you have a three series podcast package and video, you could put on your YouTube, your website, send it to your introductions. It's not expensive, right? It's a huge way to differentiate yourself as whomever you are, but also it's very unevasive. It's very simple. So I'm really excited for this. Let's take a break from the show for a minute so I can invite you to a new way to determine your deal readiness. I created a fast and easy assessment that will determine exactly how deal ready you are. Once you complete the assessment, I use your responses to identify the obstacles that are holding you back from being a deal-driven growth genius. It's as easy as heading to coreycupfer.com slash assessment. That's coreycupfer.com slash assessment and filling out a few multiple choice questions. I'll be checking in after the episode to see what your results are. Now back to the show. So, so talk to me about a little bit, I mean, you don't have to get into detail, but just just so, you know, the synergies between you and your quote-unquote partners, what do they bring into the table and what do you bring to the table? What are those two or three areas that they're great at and that you're great at? Yep. So let's start with them because they have built a multi-million dollar business. So number one, they've created the platform. So they work very well together. The one gentleman is more of a quick start like me. So I don't know if any of your listeners have done their Colby or if you've done your Colby, I'm a 5582. So I'm a high quick start. And the other gentleman is a little quick start and he's more detail oriented. He needs all the facts and figures. And when you know how other people think, how their brains work, that's a game changer too. So doing your Colby is really important. And those were the first questions that I asked them. Like, what's your Colby's? How do you think? How does this work? So they understand a business process. They've created the business already, and then they have the platform. So it's built. For me, it's the ideation and the implementation of things because they've been kicking the can around to say, you know what, maybe we should do something like this. And then I came along, I'm going to help them execute. And that's how we're going to collaborate together and create the new company. Love it. You know, it's it's a question I often ask people uh, when we're talking about deals or even before they know we're talking about deals, you know, they'll say, hey, you know, I, I really want to do this thing, but I don't have this capacity or these resources or, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, um, you know, get into the whatever financial advisor market. Right. Um, you know, but, I don't, you know, and I'll often ask them, well, who do you know that has that access already or who do you know that has those skills that you don't you know, that you don't have or that simple question, you know, can raise so many possibilities for deals. And again, they could look like anything, right? You can call on a company, you can do it, you know, just a contractual arrangement, you know, some sort of strategic alliance or contractual joint venture or distribution agreement or market joint marketing agreement. And, and it's so underutilized a lot of times, like, you know, it's, uh, 
some people really talk about you got to work on your weaknesses. You know, I generally believe you double and triple and quadruple down on your strengths and you and you and you surround yourselves with people who are good at what you're not good at. That's mm-hmm. that's just, you know, I mean, you're two or three things. I I won't get into it because I talked about it so many times, you know, this concept that I talk, that I talk about about highest and best use. It's the same conversation. Focus on your highest and best use areas. That's it. You know, you, you're great at it. You love it. And it's got to be high leverage. It's got to move the needle. If the, it has those three things, then, you know, that's it. And yeah, there's only a handful of them. All right. And then, you know, uh, find other people to do it. And they, yeah, that some of them can be employees or contractors, but some of them may be business partners or strategic alliances. And like your ability to launch this thing, you know, the speed to market, the quality of execution, the, the lack of, you know, the, the simplicity, lack of headache for you, whatever, like I can go on and on and on on the advantages of, of partnering, right? As opposed to trying to figure this out on your own. How long would it take you? How much less fun would it be, right? You know? Oh, it would be a nightmare. It would, it would never get done. That's the reality. Right. right. It would never get done. So you said something very valuable there. You said the word who. Instead of saying, how is this going to get done? It's the wrong question. Ask yourself, who should be doing this? The tiles behind me, like in my wall for for the promotional video, I didn't hang them, right? I didn't make them. I didn't paint my wall green. I didn't do any of that when we moved into our house a year ago. I hired someone who should be doing it. I did not put my desk together, right? I didn't do these things. Same for building a platform. I'm not doing that. For my other company that I'm building, I'm not doing the AI. I'm not doing the tech. I'm not doing any of that. I'm just saying yes or no. (laughs) That's it. Yes. That's what an entrepreneur does. They focus on their strengths. So who, not how is a great book for everyone to read by Dan Sullivan and Ben Hardy. Um, it's, it's a game changer. Yeah. So, so you've been uh, just, I, I know it's, it's not a pitch for strategic coach. I, I I've actually, I know so many people who've done it and got so much value. I haven't myself, but I've heard so much about it. I've done other things that are, you know, so um, yeah. Why don't you just, 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 if people are thinking, what is the strategic coach thing that they mentioned, why don't you just give like two minutes on what, you know, <laughs> Happy I know to, it's hard, so, but, yeah. Well, strategic coach is business coaching for entrepreneurs. It's for successful entrepreneurs who really want to free up their time. And that's how I created the retire you desire lifestyle is because of my, what I've learned from them. Yeah. You know, we keep track of how many days you take off. You keep track of how many days you, you have cleanup days in your business. And then you have focus days on your money making activities or the two to three things you're good at. How many days of the week do you actually do that? Helps take things off your plate, hire people, create a team, help us have a self-managing company. Yeah. Like that's what I've learned from coach. And it's just having the right people in the right room. It's a great investment for me. I've been in there for eight years and Dan Sullivan is my coach in the 10 times program. And I'm, I'm in the room with people who have hundred million dollar companies, people who are just one of the other gentlemen, he started a plant in India when the trade war started in eight months and he made $56 million a year later. <laughs> like, and he only went to India like three times. Like he didn't do it. Like he was not there doing it. It's who, not how. Yeah. So those are the conversations. Those are the people in the room. You have to invest. You have to spend time with people who are doing better than you. Cause I'm the yeah. young one in the room. I'm 36. Everyone's like their forties, fifties and sixties. So yeah. I've always been the young one when, um, when I started. That's great. What else, does anything else come to mind in terms of, um, you know, in terms of deals you've been involved in or, 
you know, other, other ways that, uh, you know, that, that, that your work impacts people, um, you know, in terms of ability to grow businesses? From a deal perspective, always understand what the outcome should be for you. And if it's not a right fit, don't go into it. Just say no. It's okay to say no. No is a sentence. And <laughs> I think that's one of the most powerful tools that you could learn throughout your life is the ability to say no. Yeah. And you say yes to everything. You're running around, probably not doing as well as you could be. So from a deal perspective, learn to say no. If it's a wrong client, a wrong fit, say no to them. It's going to save you so much time. I mean, think about how many times you've hired a wrong client. Yeah. I've done it. You've done it. We've all done it, right? Been there, sure. done that. But when you mitigate that, it frees up your time. And that's, you know, your happiness is so much greater at that point because you don't take on nonsense. No question. I remember, you know, obviously it's a, it's a tougher thing to do earlier in your career, right? When, you, when you're building and you don't have a, a lot of client, you know, but I remember when I got to the point, this is many, 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 fortunately for me, many years ago, um, you know, like over two decades ago, uh, where I was like, you know what? I don't need to work with anybody that I don't want to work with anymore. Anybody that doesn't fit, anybody that's too much of a, I mean, listen, we, you know, too much of a pain, pain in the butt. We work with high level successful people and they have certain expectations of service level and quality and things like that. And I have no problem with that at all, as long as they are appreciative and respectful and, you know, and reasonable, right? You know, it's fine. If you get really got something that has a real deadline, good. We're going to, we'll find a way to get it done for you. You know, but those, when I got to the point where I could have those clients that were totally unreasonable or, you know, non-appreciative or whatever, you know, I mean, there was always a line, but the line, the line kept moving, you know, where I was willing to let go of more and more of those kind of uh, folks. And and I've really been blessed for decades now to work with only people I, I really love working with, you know, I mean, I just, it's a blessing, right. To be able to, to be able to do that. Absolutely. I mean, in 2022, figure out who those five to 10% of your business that are just like the wrong fit and fire them. It's okay to fire clients. It's okay to fire friends. It's okay to fire family. I yep. say this all the time, like in all my other podcasts I've been on, it's okay to get rid of people in your life. Give yourself permission to free yourself up and watch what happens to your energy level, to your happiness level. It, it's okay to say no to your family. It, it's a powerful tool. So give yourself that authority and that openness to do it in 2022. 100%. And listen, this is not going to come out probably till March, but we're recording it right after the new year. You know, I have this whole completion process I do at the end of the year, right? And, you know, because I don't want to, people try to do, you know, planning, visioning, resolutions, wherever it is coming to the new year, and they drag all of their baggage from the prior year, right? And that's one of the reasons it doesn't work. So, you know, I, I, I have a whole completion process that I do. And part of it is to look at um, anything I don't want to bring forward into the next year. That could be, you know, bad habits, that could be limiting beliefs, but it also could be people that just don't serve me anymore in my life and who, you know, aren't really, you know, um, you know, they're, they're draining energy and, you know, and, and it may be eliminating them. It may be just reducing time, you know, uh, with uncle, whoever, right. You know, um, right. Uh, exactly. You know, so, um, yeah, that's a, that's a powerful thing. And, and, you know, that, that frees you up, frees you up to, you know, be happier, have more time with the family, you know, focus on your business, do more deals, whatever it is. So yeah, it's great advice. Great advice. Why don't you tell us a little bit about, um, 
uh, where people can find out more about these various ventures if they're if they're interested. Uh, you know, I know you got a few things going on, so they want to find out more about you and the various things you have going on. Where do they go? You can go to um, on all major podcasting platforms. You could listen to the Retire as You Desire podcast. Um, that's one of the podcasts that I'm on. The other one is. Um, three guys with epic lives. So um, with Justin Breen and Evan Ryan, two high-level thinkers, just great visionaries. And we just talk about life and business and you know predictions, what we think is going on in the world. It's so much fun. And then also uh, the landing page will be dianemoney.com for the new company. Um, that's going to be a, a game changer. I'm excited for that. And then um, right on LinkedIn, you can send me messages, very active there. And my name is Bill Bloom and out of Chicago, Illinois. Excellent. Excellent. So Bill, my, uh, my final question on the, uh, on the podcast is, uh, is about freedom, which is my highest ideal, which was funny because when I was reading, you know, your bio, I mentioned that because you mentioned the conversation of freedom. And, uh, and usually I say, you know, maybe I'll use, because it's a common interest, I'll use this opportunity. You know, usually I just do a quick uh, close on freedom and just say, hey, I believe it's everything from freedom from people from all types of oppression to the reason I'm an entrepreneur. But you know, for me, it ties into a lot of what we were talking about in that you know, if you want to really be on your purpose and passion in life and you want to have your business and your, and your can, your money and whatever, support that. Um, one, of the, you know, one of the things is getting really clear on what your, what your values are, right? Mm-hmm. And for me, I remember, um, I haven't told this story in a while, but I remember that um, I was uh, actually with my uh, entrepreneurial organization forum, uh, you know, EO, which is really similar to the impact that strategic coaches seems to have on your life, you know, EO and, and my forum experience in EO has, has had on mine. And um, one of the exercises we did many years ago, in fact, I could picture it, we were down out on this uh, dock and that led to this uh, covered seating area. We, we had our meetings out there, uh, you know, down in, uh, in um, Belize. And, um, and we, um, there was this game that had, I think it was cards and it had like values on them, right? And there was a way, I forget how it worked, but there was a way where you could like trade cards with each other, whatever. And what I really, I mean, I knew freedom was important to me, but I found myself willing, be willing to give up like anything for the freedom card, right? Like that was, you know, that was, and it really just reinforced to me how, you know, how and how important it is in my life and how much it drives a lot of what I do, you know, to the point where, for example, we sold off all of our personal owned real estate investments in different conversation, but we sold off all our personal owned real estate because I've been in situations with the past where I wanted to make a life change. And I've owned property and it was in a down market and I, you know, could sell it and it impacted what I could do. And I said, you know what, I get the economics. I'm smart enough. I understand the benefits of owning, but the freedom of not having owned personal real estate is higher in a value of mine. So in any case, my closing question is always, you know, what does freedom uh, mean to you and how does it impact your life and business? Uh, but, you know, we had a few minutes here and I, I figured it's been a while. I want to give some more context around why uh, freedom is so important to me, especially because you mentioned it. And also, you mentioned this idea of, you know, your passion, your purpose, your values, your vision. It's so aligned with, uh, with how you work with people. So in any case, um, give me your thoughts. Love this one. So money creates options. Yeah. It's that simple. Because, you know, Evan, Justin, and I had a conversation the other day about, okay, how much money do you actually need to be happy? Mm-hmm. And in Justin's book, Epic Business, 
he took a study from Purdue University, which is not far from us here in Chicago, saying that you need about sixty to seventy-five thousand dollars from a happiness standpoint. And right. you know, Evan interjected and he goes, I don't think that's true at all, because money helps solve your issues. I truly believe that money is a byproduct. I ask everyone on my podcast, my guests portion of it, like, what does money mean to you? That's the last question I ask them because I want to get that out of their brain. Everyone says it's a tool, right? At 90%, it's like, it's a tool. I'm like, oh my God, so boring. Give me something real here. Come on. So I'm trying to give you that here. Um, So not, you don't get the same answer all the time. Appreciate it. But money will definitely give you options. So if you become ill, how do you actually delegate that money. Where's that money coming from? What about a taxation standpoint? Can you still leave that money to your inheritors if you become ill? That's one idea. But going back to my dentist or my other client who's selling the property or excuse me, the business and keeping the property, that freed him up. That freed her up. It's freeing her up to do the things she wants to. For me, I want to go take my son to school every morning. And I do that. I go for my morning run after that. For me, it's I want to pick up my son from school every day. He's two and a half. He goes to school, right? That's what I want to do. It's if I want to take a Monday off with my wife and we want to go get a massage or go spend time together, that's what it means to me. It's having that freedom and that flexibility, knowing you've built a business or you've built assets to pay you so that you can do that. It's just where is your capital and what is it doing for you? And that's the equation that I help people solve. And it's all about being happy because we're never always happy, but the more time you're happier and the better life you're going to live. Yep. Love that. Love that. And, you know, that's, uh, for me, it's a, a context that I talk to businesses all the time because like, I, 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 listen, we all, we all have our own personal growth to do and et cetera. And I've been through mine, but um, you know, I often look and I say, wow, great. You know, you call yourself an entrepreneur. Again, I'm not saying it's by way of judgment. I just think I see the opportunity and, you know, you bought yourself a job and you work a day and night and you're miserable and okay, you don't have a boss. Maybe that's better. And if you had a boss, because at least you're not answering someone else, but you know, <laughs> is that really why you started your business? Is that, right. is that really what you wanted or did you really want to create a life, you know, that, that, that you want to create? So I love the fact that you are really in that conversation with, with, with your clients and the folks that you help and, and, you know, and having that impact to have people really, really create the lives they want with the businesses that they have. Yeah, you have one choice at it. Make it count. Love it. Bill Bloom, thank you so much for being a great guest on the Deal Quest podcast. Thank you, Corey, for having me. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Deal Quest, where we help you understand how deal-driven growth can be your ticket to freedom. I want to invite you to a unique way to tap into the wisdom and experience of the Deal Quest community. Join the DealQuest Deal Den Zoom calls, a free monthly 90-minute mastermind. In the mastermind, we address all the challenges you may be facing and help support you with the opportunities that may arise in terms of deal-driven growth. You will get input not only from me, but all the members on the call will collaborate and serve each other in a mastermind format. To sign up for the free mastermind, go to www.coreycupfer.com slash dealden. That's coreycupfer.com slash dealden. I'll see you there. I'm Corey Kupfer. Until next week, wishing you the freedom and financial prosperity that I know your deal quest will bring.